Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode 256 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast for Wednesday, May 2nd, 2012. On today's show, the AAFD NCSC meeting begins later today. This is one of the largest family medicine advocacy meetings of the entire year. Exclusively on this show this morning will be interviews with the two candidates for next year for the 2013 NCSC conference. This will be the first year that the the conference chair will be elected instead of appointed, so this is a historic and groundbreaking interview that will be happening right uh, in just a few minutes. And... um, I will also be previewing my social media and family medicine talk that will take place later today. So all that and a lot more coming up on episode 256 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the American Academy of Family Physicians, Dr. Glenn Stream. Um, this year, one of my commitments and, and a great interest is to be more engaged with you as leaders, chapter leaders, uh, and, and our frontline membership. Uh, on, on Monday, a Twitter handle, I'm privileged to be the first one to hold, uh, at AFP Prez, P-R-E-Z. I already have 29 followers. I feel so proud. Um, I have a long, long way to go to catch up to uh, our current student board member, Kevin Bernstein, who has a little over 1,000. Um, and our, uh, our king of family medicine social media, uh, Mike Sevilla, who has uh, nearly 7,000 uh, members.
the, the election will be for the uh, conference chair, the chair of the meeting, the face of the meeting, the ambassador of the meeting for 2013. Uh, so it is a big deal. And um, uh, this year, for the first time ever, it will be an elected position. Uh, previously, it was an appointed position by the board of directors. And uh, um, when I uh, ran the meeting, when I was a chair of the meeting, I was appointed for that. And uh, so this will be a little bit different here this year. So, uh, so we'll see kind of how things go. I'm kind of curious to see how the process will go. Uh, but even before that process starts, um, I was able to uh, talk with the uh, two candidates for the conference chair uh, next year. They are Ryan Coffin from Ohio and uh, Kim Yu from Michigan, both uh, longtime friends of mine, uh, both great leaders um, in the academy and in their communities. Um, you know, as they always say, but it is always true, you know, either candidate, um, you know, would do well to, uh, uh, you know, be elected. I don't have any problem with either of the uh, candidates that we will hear from both of them in uh, just a few minutes. And also, uh, later in the broadcast here, I'll be uh, previewing my talk that will take place just hours from now. You would get an exclusive uh, look at my uh, presentation here at the NCSC meeting, uh, Family Medicine Leadership, Turning Emotion into Action. And uh, maybe in the course of the uh, show today, we'll be playing more music from Revolve, and it will be playing here tomorrow night. They say on the website, uh, revolveband.com, that they're a Beatles cover band. Uh, so uh, that will be uh, very fun to see them live. So we will get to all of that. But first, I do want to thank Blog Talk Radio for having me be a featured host and broadcasting here on a Wednesday morning. Um, I've been a social media hobbyist since 2005. If you're curious, yes, I am a real doctor. I am a family doctor in full-time private practice, meaning I see patients five days a week in the office and in the hospital in northeastern Ohio. So uh, what I'll do is I will uh, take my break here, and uh, after the break will be the uh, two candidates for the 2013 uh, conference chair of the NCSC meeting. You're listening to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Family Medicine Revolution. Just Google FM Revolution for more details. Also, a shout-out to the Family Medicine Education Consortium, FMEC.net. And also, this show is a member of the ProMed Network of Podcasts at ProMedNetwork.com. We'll be right back after hearing more from Revolve, revolveband.com. Penny Lane, there's a barbershop Every hand he's had the pleasure to know And all the people that come and go Stop and say hello And on the corner is a mango with a The little children laughing him behind his back Never wears a neck in the pouring rain. The 
Rocks podcast live from Kansas City at the NCSC meeting 2012. My name is Mike Savilla. That is, of course, Revolve, and uh, they'll be playing here tomorrow night uh, here at the NCSC meeting. Uh, you can check them out at revolveband.com. Uh, so let's kind of get to jump into this here. So, um, uh, so kind of how all this happened here is uh, it just happened in the past week or so. You know, I didn't even know. Um, I recently learned of the uh, two candidates uh, that will be running for the 2013 conference chair position. And as I said uh, previously, it is going to be an elected position this year. And as I've also said, that uh, both of these uh, candidates are very good friends of mine. Uh, so uh, um, I, uh, I uh, contacted them via email, <laughs> of course electronic, and or Facebook, and said, hey, you want to come on the show and uh, you know, talk about why you want to be the conference chair for next year? And uh, they actually said yes. Uh, so, uh, so very excited to uh, give uh, everybody out there the uh, first look at them, their first statements um, about uh, running for the uh, NCSC community position. Uh, and just to let people know how I kind of structured this, um, I gave them all the uh, same questions, the, the uh, basic uh, uh, framework, uh, four questions. And uh, the first question was uh, introduce yourself and describe your uh, current practice uh, situation. Uh, question number two is, uh, why do you love family medicine? Why do you love your job? Number three, why do you love NCSC? And number four, uh, why do you want to be 2013 NCSC convener? And uh, I did go and you know, had some follow-up questions in the midst of that. Um, and what's going to be different uh, with my format than what's going to be happening during the formal format is that I did not give them any kind of uh, time limit. Uh, they were free to um, answer um, and take as much time as they like to uh, to answer the uh, question. So we'll see if this works. We'll see if you enjoy it. We'll see if it's effective for you. We'll see if you get some good uh, information from all of this. Uh, the uh, first candidate here, and just to let people know, I mean, these are recorded over the past few days, so they're not here live. Uh, so these are pre-recorded. Um, I did not edit any of this stuff. Uh, so uh, you will hear live what they said, Just uh, and this was not uh, re-recorded or retaken. This was the uh, first record. Um, so here we go. This is um, my good friend uh, Ryan Coffin from Ohio, and here is our conversation about uh, why he would want to be the 2013 NCSE conference chair, conference convener. Um, I know that you're battling a little bit through a cold there a little bit, so uh, uh, we'll just kind of uh, jump into things here. And uh, So why don't you just uh, start out uh, just by uh, introducing yourself for people who don't know you and uh, describe what your uh, current uh, practice situation there, Ryan. Okay, very good. Uh, my name is Ryan Kaufman. Uh, I'm just completing my fifth year as a partner in a four-physician private practice in Bell Fountain, which is in uh, west-central Ohio. Um, it's a town of about 15,000. Um, in addition to my office practice, I see about 40 nursing home patients uh, as well as seeing patients at a couple of local assisted living facilities, uh, also doing about uh, one or two shifts a month in our local emergency department. Wow, that is uh, that must keep you busy. It does, does definitely keep me on my toes, but uh, it's, I just find a lot of fun doing a, lot, a wide variety of things. Um, well, that kind of uh, that leads into my uh, uh, second question. 
Um, so uh, what is it that you love about family medicine? What's cool about your job? You know, when you talk to your community or the medical students or the residents, you know, what, what is, uh, what is so cool about family medicine? Well, you know, like I said, I think variety is certainly part of it. Um, you know, when, when I have a student in the office, I like, I like to show them a little bit of all we do. But the other thing is just the, the opportunity that I have to be a part of my patients' lives. Um, you know, I, my oldest patient right now I think is about a week and a half old up to I have a patient who's 103. You know, being able to be there, uh, I have multiple families where I care for four generations of the family. And so, so I think that's really fun. Um, you know, it's the opportunity to share those important moments in their lives. Uh, you know, I had uh, over the last month or two, I've had a couple of patients who have been spending their final days of their life at home with their families and being able to visit them in their home and uh, and help provide that care so that they can stay there with their families. You know, I think about uh, one of my patients recently who, um, you know, who for the last number of years I've been talking with her about uh, nursing school and, and whether she she can do it and. Uh, Encouraging her as she's going through that process, and then having her call me up and say hey, she passed her boards. You know that's that's fun. Uh, also, you know, thinking about the the people who I've worked with over the years, working on things like smoking or things like that, and then they come in and say they decided to quit and they actually did it, or of managing somebody's chronic health problems but still taking the time to get to know them as a person. You know, I think the best part of best part of my job as a family physician is that ability to make every the people's lives around me make them just a little bit better. And so, so that's really what I enjoy. I mean, that's uh, I mean, that's great. I mean, it's uh, you know, when I talk to family docs all the time, I mean, you know, everybody has their you know, little story about uh, you know, kind of what drew them, you know, towards the specialty. And I know that you and I have talked, you know, a bunch of times on the things that that you've just said. Uh, you know, it's just uh, you know, the, the some of the fundamentals of, of family medicine. Yeah, you know, things like you know, continuity of care, and and uh, um, I, you know, I, I I've shared on this. Uh, show before you know some of my uh, days in the office uh, were you know where, where you have a visit and all the families there and and uh, not only do you talk to who is on the schedule but you talk to their family members whether it's mom or dad or an uncle or, or grandpa or grandma and and trying to put the whole picture together um, and that's very gratifying to me I would imagine it's very gratifying for you too. Oh, absolutely. That's and and part of the fun is of when you know when you know the whole story. Sometimes that makes such a difference of being able to come up with uh, what's really going on with the patient. Because so many times they come in for for a stomach problem, or they come in because they can't sleep, and it's only because I know what's going on with their cousin or going on with their their, their parent or their child that you're really able to help that patient make it through that time. And instead of just throwing medications at them, you can really help them deal with what's going on in their life. Um, and, uh, um, and, and you're kind of uh, originally, uh, and I know you said that in the first question, I mean, your practice situation, you're kind of originally from that area, is that right? Yeah, actually, I uh, grew up here in Bell Fountain, um, lived here since I was three, uh, and actually moved, moved to this community when my father, who's also a family physician, uh, started practice here and, uh, and now have joined the practice that he's part of. So it, it is a community that I have a lot of experience with, you know, growing up of seeing things um, through, through the eyes of a, a family member uh, and um, of, a, of a physician. Uh, and that's part of what drew me to family medicine. And now coming back, it's really exciting, um, although sometimes a little challenging because I, I have uh, patients who uh, were friends when I was growing up. I have patients who were teachers, were people I, people I knew. Um, so so it is, it's fun, but some days it's a little, little challenging as well. 
Uh, and you're, you know, you know, probably like me in that, uh, you know, the, the town I'm in is, you know, I would consider a small town um, where kind of everybody knows everybody, which is has its good and bad points, and um, that's kind of uh, a plus and a minus. I mean, it, it's it's nice kind of, you know, knowing, you know, a little bit of everybody, but everybody knows you, but you don't know them. Uh, um, uh, small town, uh, small town position, small town doc, uh, uh, really has its challenges. But but for me, I, I guess you know the 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 uh, the benefits, you know, really, really uh, overcome that. Uh, is that what, what you feel kind of like growing up or, or having your, your father being such an influence um, on you early on? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, and I, and I think certainly I wouldn't have come back to this community unless I saw it as a real benefit. Um, but but the, the, the good side is that you do have, you have the continuity, you know, you understand where people are really coming from. You know, other other perks. You know, one one day I was in Walmart and trying to get through, move through, and one of my patients who was a cashier saw me, opened up a line so I could go right through. So I guess that's one of the advantages. Um, you know, the disadvantage is uh, of anywhere you go, a patient may be asking a question about something, asking a test result, those things, and you just have to learn how to, uh, you know, how to be receptive and be kind about it, but also of, of drawing some lines. Um, you know, I think one of one of the, the things I learned from my father. Um, was how to manage that in an effective sort of way. One of the things that he would say to patients sometimes, if they, you know, if you're sitting in a restaurant and they'd ask about a medical problem, uh, his uh, his fallback comment always was, "Well, you know, go ahead and pull your pants down. We'll take a look at things." And uh, usually after that, there weren't too many more questions. <laughs> so there is there is a time to uh, there is a time that uh, it's okay to talk about things, but it, there's also a time and a place to talk about medical things, and that's not always out in the community. Absolutely, absolutely, and and you know, and being from a small town, I mean, it's just uh, it's uh, uh, even probably, and it does, does for me make you even more passionate about about uh, being advocates for our patients, being advocates for our community, which leads me in, into my third question, uh, you know, about you know being advocates at this uh, NCSC meeting, this this national conference of special constituencies. You've been coming for a few years. I've seen you. We've talked to you during these meetings, um, uh, Ryan. What, what what do you love about uh, the NCSC meeting? Well, that's a really easy question. It is, it's the excitement and the enthusiasm of this conference. Um, it's that opportunity to see old friends from all over the country and make a lot of new friends. Uh, the, there's always new ideas and a different way of looking at the world. You know, every time I attend NCSC, I'm challenged to examine my own views, and I leave with a better understanding of my colleagues, my patients, as well as myself. You know, and so each, each year, uh, uh, NCSC just inspires me, energizes me and uh, really just charges me up and has me, has me ready to go back to my community, um, you know, ready to make a difference uh, in, uh, you know, the way I practice medicine, the way I, I look at my patients, and also the way that I approach the rest of what I do within our academy. Um, I mean, and you're on the leadership team, you know, uh, the, of the planning committee, uh, which is mm -hmm. part of the responsibilities. And, um, um, it, you know, something that, that I always get inspired by uh, and get re-energized are, are the, the first-time attendees, people who have never been to this meeting before. And, um, you know, if you had advice for, you know, those people who have, you know, this is their first meeting, they've never been here before, um, you know, what kind of things would, would you tell them to expect or, or, or to, uh, you know, prepare themselves for this uh, very exciting meeting? I mean, I guess my, my biggest piece of advice for anybody who's a first-time attendee or really for any attendee is just get involved. Um, the nice thing about this meeting is is we all have been in that first-time role in fairly recent past, and so it's a, a meeting where everybody's very understanding. You know, sometimes 
when, when you get involved and you get up there, when you say something, you say something that, you know, maybe you don't say in the right way or you don't follow the procedure exactly right. But that doesn't really matter. You know, the point is is getting up there and, and taking an active role. You know, so whether it's getting up and testifying, whether it's serving on a reference committee, or whether it's running for a position, um, it's it's a great learning experience. And, um, you know, and and if you're running for a position, whether you win, whether you lose, that's not what's important. The important thing is that you get up there. And, uh, and the more involved you get, the more you're going to learn um, and uh, the more opportunities you have down the road. Uh, because what I find about NCSC is in everything I I do within our academy, I keep running into some of these same people. Um, just recently, I attended um, the, the Michigan meeting, and it was a lot of fun because I already knew a bunch of folks there uh, from NCSC. Uh, and so, so it's it's just an exciting opportunity to get to know other family docs, learn from what they're doing, and uh, and also shape the, uh, the the future of our academy. So just get involved. Uh- um, and um, you know, I, as uh, you know, I, I was uh, uh, the chair and convener of this meeting a few years ago, and it's it's just uh, it's it's uh, exciting to see kind of a change uh, a little bit in that it is an elected position now, and and uh, it wasn't before; it was an appointed uh, position. Um, but uh, it's it's uh, uh, it's it's a huge responsibility. It's it's uh, um, it, it's so much fun. Uh, the, the last question I have you in this in this series is, you know, what, what why why do you want people People to elect you to be the uh, NCSC convener. You know what? Why, what would um, what would make you a really good convener? Okay. Well, a couple couple things. Why do I want to be convener? Well, first of all, I think that it's an opportunity to give back to NCSC. But then also uh, for myself, uh, why I'd like to be convener is it gives me an opportunity to further develop as a leader. Um, you know, for NCSC to have a strong voice, we need to make sure that our business session is conducted in an effective way and the meetings at, uh, conducted efficiently. And, uh, you know, I enjoy the parliamentary process uh, very much and uh, bring a lot of experience uh, to the table, um, uh, having served uh, multiple years at NCSC, having twice served as alternate and delegate to the American Academy uh, Congress of Delegates. Uh, serving the past couple years as uh, Ohio Academy Vice Speaker and running our meetings uh, in that role, um, serving as a delegate to the National Conference on multiple occasions, as well as uh, uh, several years of service on the Ohio Academy Board and serving on reference committees uh, on a state and national level, as well as doing committee work, uh, both at the Ohio Academy as well as the American Academy. Um, all these experiences give me a real understanding of the process um, uh, the, that a business meeting needs to have, as, as well as knowing how to help uh, facilitate others' voices being heard. And that's really what I see this role as, is very much of an organizational role. Um, also, I want to help uh, strengthen the voice of NCSC. Um, you know, the, the more people that we have involved, the stronger the voice is. And so I want to really work on helping improve the attendance. There are a lot of states that send people every single year. But there are also a lot of states who have not taken advantage of this meeting and the uh, leadership development it offers for people within their academy. So if I'm elected as convener, I want to work to make personal face-to-face contact with each chapter, uh, both in the opportunities we have at NCSC as well as at uh, the Congress of Delegates. And I want to touch base with all those chapters that haven't previously sent full delegations to NCSC so we can get more people there because the more people we have there, the stronger voice we have. You know, um, I, I want to be a convener because I, I want to be able to include as many people in this NCSC experience because uh, it is a wonderful experience and it really changes who you are as a doctor and who you are as a leader. You know, and I also just want to strengthen the voice that NCSC has within our academy 
because I think that um, there's a lot of important views that come out of this meeting that aren't being heard elsewhere within the academy and can really help us be a better advocate for our membership as well as our patients. I mean that's I mean that's uh, that's great. I mean it's just uh, we're we're always looking for ways to you know how to expand uh, the experience, how we can share it with more people. Um, it, it's always a fascinating challenge every year to to try to uh, you know actively touch base with all of the uh, the chapters or many of the chapters to try to increase uh, attendance uh, because you know we know that you know when we're able to get people there you know and, and get them to um you know be immersed um in the experience uh that they really um you know they let the their whatever their passion is inside them uh, take hold of them and, and to talk about resolutions uh to talk about issues that are important to them and their patients and their community um and so i i think that that, that is a really uh, really good goal to to try to you know further uh, expand um, the experience to other people, to to leaders out there. We know that there are family medicine leaders out there. We just have to find a way to contact them and and and, and to get them, uh, you know, to the meeting or to get them involved uh, to to help tell the story of family medicine and, and to uh, you know help be advocates for our specialty. So I think that's that's a great answer you had there, Ryan. Well, I, I just look at what it's done for us in Ohio. Um, you know, I look at our delegates from last year. We had several people who had not been involved in organized medicine previously. We've got them in the meeting. They're fired up and they're getting involved. You know, they they've written resolutions on a state level. They've they've just really gotten involved, and I think that's that's been a great um, opportunity for us as a state. And I, you know, I want to make sure that other states are really taking advantage of that because uh, the people that we're training leadership now are the future leaders of our academy. And so, so we want to make, we want our academy to be strong, and this is an excellent way of doing that. Great, great. I'm going to uh, I'm going to ask you for uh, any kind of closing thoughts that you have, but uh, I'll just kind of start out by uh, you know th- thanking you again for 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 coming on the show. I think this is you know definitely something that is uh, uh, I was excited about. I was I was said that that you were um, that you, that you wanted to come on and, and uh, um, you know to to interview the people that are that are going to be you know uh, uh, elected or or are in the election for NCSC convener. This is something that's never been done before. I'm very excited about that and. Um, you know, I'm hoping that you know the uh, you know the academy really um, you know continues on this uh, you know social media uh, path um, uh, that's been started, and uh, I, I'm, I'm very excited about this. I'm very excited about the meeting coming up. Um, uh, Ryan, do you have any kind of uh, uh, you know closing thoughts uh, before we end our chat uh, uh, today? Uh, you know about NCSC, about being convener, uh, things that I may not have asked you at this point. Well, Mike, I'd just like to thank you for letting me uh, come on the show today. I mean, I think that uh, the more uh, that we're looking at that new media, social media, uh, you know, I think it is just wonderful as an academy because we need to find ways to reach out, especially to our younger physicians as well as uh, to the general public and uh, really don't know what family medicine is about because it's exciting. Um, there's a lot going on right now. Um, and as far as NCSC, you know, I appreciate you taking the time to, to put this focus on NCSC because, uh, you know, this is just a wonderful meeting, a wonderful opportunity, and, uh, you know, I just can't say enough positive about it. Um, you know, uh, I look forward to seeing you out there. I look forward to uh, seeing everybody, uh, everybody that's coming. And uh, for those of you who may be listening and not taking the opportunity to go this year, uh, you know, put it on your calendar now for next year because, uh, you know, this is, go- is every year is just a fabulous meeting, a fabulous opportunity, and, um, and just a good way to get involved in your academy and really make a difference. So look forward to seeing everybody there. Uh, it's Brian Kaufman, candidate 
for convener or a, a conference chair of the 2013 National Conference of Special Constituencies. Best of luck to you during the election, uh, and uh, have a great time out there. I know that we'll be chatting out there as well. Uh, thank you so much for the time, Ryan. No, thank you, Mike. All right, we're back live uh, here, and uh, thanks again for Ryan uh, for uh, coming on the show. Uh, he was battling a cold uh, there uh, during our interview, so uh, he was a trooper. Uh, but uh, thanks again for uh, for the time and to uh, you know chat about the meeting, chat a little bit about what it's like uh, being a family doc in the same practice as your father. Uh, that is uh, kind of cool. That's a great story there. Uh, and uh, you know, being in the town and going back to the town where you where you grew up, um, that, that is uh, that is always uh, it makes a, a great story. And uh, you know, obviously his, his experience at this meeting um, and how he wants to give back um, that is uh, always a theme here at the academy and at the um, NCSC meeting um, to uh, pay it forward a little bit. And you'll be seeing a lot of that in the uh, next uh, few days. So I will take a break. We will play um, another song here from Revolve, the uh, band that's going to be playing here uh, tomorrow night here at the NCSC meeting. Uh, that will be uh, Ray Sapatelli and the gang uh, <laughs> playing playing up some tunes. So we will take a break here. And after the break will be our second candidate here, uh, Dr. Kim Yu from Michigan, my good friend. And uh, we're going to be uh, chatting up about NCSC as well, you're listening to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast here on the Blog Talk Radio Network here on a Wednesday morning here, live from Kansas City, from Crown Center, from the NCSC 12 meeting. My name is Mike Sabella, and we will be right back after this.
And that is Revolve. You can find them at revolveband.com. We'll be here tomorrow night here at the NCSC meeting. Hey, uh, could you imagine uh, if they had a band playing in between um, speeches, like at the Congress delegates, you know, uh, like how awesome would that be? That would just be, uh, you know how many people that would draw in? You know, just think about it. You know, just just think about it. Hey, welcome back to the show here. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast live from NCSC 12 here in Crown Center in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, my name is Mike Savilla. Hey, um, now we're going to be playing the interview here uh, from the second candidate for the 2013 NCSC Conference Chair Conference Convener position, Dr. Kim Yu from uh, Michigan. And, uh, you know, just like with Ryan, you know, I've known Kim for a long time and uh, so happy that uh, she threw her hat in the ring there and uh, to uh, be considered for uh, next year's conference chair position. And uh, here is our interview uh, talking about why she wants to be next year's conference chair, conference convener. This is Kim Yu. Um, so it's going to be a very exciting meeting this year. So I know you're you're, you're looking you know, looking forward to it, maybe kind of uh, <laughs> with this election process. Oh, definitely. Uh, um, I know you're going to do it real well. Um, I know you're you're very uh, nervous about things as anybody would be. So uh, we'll just kind of jump into things here. So um, why don't you start out just by kind of introducing yourself and uh, describing, you know, your current practice situation right now. Well, originally I'm from England. I was born in Liverpool. And I went to medical school in London at King's College, University of London. Um, finished my internship year in London in geriatrics and endocrinology and then did six months general surgery before coming to the U.S. I got married and then I did research in diabetes and primary care at the University of Michigan for three years before going into family medicine at Henry Ford Hospital here in Detroit. After residency, I joined a hospital-owned practice for two years before opening my own practice where I've been for the past 10 years. Um, my practice is solo. It started with an ultralight type of practice. Um, if you've read any of Gordon Moore and some of the articles that have come out of the family practice management from about 10 years so ago, um, he talked about having a very small practice and being able to treat the community um, despite this having a physician and maybe one MA. And it's been so exciting to me to be able to be a part of my community. I love community health, doing health fairs. I love to teach when I get the opportunity at the local medical school and being involved at my local state chapter, uh, which is Michigan Academy of Family Physicians. So that's pretty much my practice right now. I mean, and, and, you know, and obviously your patients love you, you know, and because uh, you, you get to know them um, so well. Uh, I know I've talked to a lot of docs, you know, who who have wanted to do solo practice or, you know, has done um, solo practice. And uh, I would imagine that you've gotten, you know, so much benefit from that, you know, type of medicine, which unfortunately less and less, you know, family physicians are doing these days. Oh, it's just such a joy to be involved in my patients' lives and their families, to know multiple generations and to have flexibility to do all the things that I love, from clinical care, the procedures, sports medicine, geriatrics, research, community medicines, and to really get to know my patients and their problems like the back of my hand. It's really an honor and a privilege. Um, I have to tell you a funny moment when I was taking care of a mother who brought in all six children with her to my office. And we sat, and she looked so frazzled, and my medical assistant brought us both a cup of tea. 
um, while my staff watched the kids in the waiting room and I was able to address all her needs and the concerns of her children, coming out of the room to find a mountain of children piled high on each other. It was an amazing sight. And, and, and it's moments like that that really make me love family medicine and, and love my patients. It's just they're like family to me. That's great. That's great. I mean, I know you, you already answered this question, you know, why do you love family medicine? What's cool about your job? Is there anything um, else that, that you would normally tell, you know, people in your community or to medical students or um, anything else that you haven't already mentioned about uh, about our specialty of family medicine? I think to be able to tailor your career and what you want to be as a family physician, to be able to see the bigger picture, um, something that I've recently got involved in because one of my patients um, actually brought this to my attention. She's she's a Filipino um, woman who's married with a child who requires a bone marrow transplant. And um, to be able to get involved in your community, to create a spark that it ignites and lights up the community and make change um, is really something very exciting to me that, that in family medicine we're able to do. You know, so it was great to be able to talk to the national director for the, the bone marrow registry and talk to him about patients who need bone marrow transplants and the need for more minorities to go for um, and be donors. You know, um, he talked to me about a six-month-old um, Indian girl in Cincinnati who needs a bone marrow transplant. She's actually a daughter of a cardiologist. And, and then there's two undergrad students, one at the University of Michigan and one at UCLA, both who require bone marrow transplants, but because they're Asian-American, they're having a really hard time finding a match. So to be able to get involved in the community, to excite the medical students, we've got um, a lot of different medical student groups involved now who will be doing bone marrow registry drives in this local area. Um, it's something really great. It really is something exciting to be able to do something bigger than what you could have imagined. Um, and that kind of, uh, you, know, um, you know, dovetails into, you know, the the NCSC meeting itself, and, and you know, being, um, you know, a part of of, of something bigger. Um, but let me ask you, you know, why, you know, you and I have talked, you know, offline, uh, you know, and in, in at meetings and things, you know, specifically uh-huh. about, uh, you know, leadership and things. But uh, uh, but what, why do you love uh, NCSC? Why do you love the NCSC meeting? I love NCSC. NCSC has shaped so much of how my career has developed over the past decade and more. And I have so much to thank the Academy and NCSC for allowing me the opportunity to learn, dream, and create the type of medical practice that works for my family and I. Um, It was because of NCSC that I decided to go from employed hospital work to being in solo practice. And it's the type of conference that allows not only people to meet like-minded, amazing physicians from around the country who have the same passion for family medicine, but to dream and to put into reality what we as family physicians would like to see healthcare for our nation. It allows those who are from special constituencies and, um, to have a voice where otherwise there is no place to speak, to give each person importance and value. And, and that's part of why I love NCSC. It really is for all who want to be part of advocacy, both for the specialty of family medicine and for our patients. And with healthcare the way it is right now, it's so vital to have physicians involved in advocacy. I love the mentoring both that I receive at NCSC and that I'm able to be a part of. And it really is so exciting to meet physicians from year to year who go back to their state chapter 
impassioned to do more and to get involved. Um, NCC is also a place where we can craft resolutions that can have far-reaching effects. I remember one of the first NCSEs where we put a resolution asking for health care for all, which was adopted by the American Academy of Family Physicians as policy. And here we are now waiting to hear what the Supreme Court will do and the final outcome of the Affordable Care Act. So it's, it's things like this that really inspire me. Um, to keep going back to NCSE. This will be my eighth NCSE. Wow. So it's yeah, it's exciting to to keep learning and yet keep being inspired to bring back things that will continue to um change outcomes for our patients. Wow. And, and I know that you've been on the you know leadership team in on, on past meetings. Uh, you've been uh you know a co convener and I think even a delegate a few times and uh um you know that, that certainly shows that um you know that that you, obviously that you love coming back to the meeting, but but uh, to you know to 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 be a part of it, uh, to get involved, and uh, I think that's that's great for people to hear, especially that the first time attendees, the people that have never come to to NCSC before, and and to to really kind of you know get caught up on all the excitement and to get involved, whether it's you know uh, writing a resolution or running for an office. Um, um, I can hear in your voice, you know how how much you love the meeting. It's just I'm just so um, uh, looking forward to getting back and, and, and meeting old friends and and uh, um, and, and uh, you know, making you know, new friendships with people. Yeah, it really is uh, an amazing conference to be at. I always leave NCSC so energized and happy to have chosen family medicine as a specialty. And I really treasure the friendships with family physicians from all over the country that I've made over the years. Um, I remember going to my first NCSC being elected as minority co-convener and then um, returning the next year, going to the Congress of Delegates. I'm wanting to do it all over again, and so I ran again. So I've done the co-convener thing twice. And and now for me, um, to be able to return and to be able to give back a little bit, to be able to mentor some other leaders and to see them come up, it's really exciting. It really is a, um, a true gift. I mean, this is by far the best meeting that the Academy puts on for the whole year. And I only wish that every family physician had a chance to be able to attend NCSE. Uh, which brings, it, brings me to my final question here is that, I mean, you, you, you're running for uh, uh, the convener, the, the conference chair mm-hmm. for next year. This will be the first time it's ever happened. It'll be very exciting. Um, but why don't you tell me and tell the listeners out there, you know, well, why, why do you want to be elected uh, NCSE convener? I think I, I thought about this a lot, Mike, and um, I think there are three things that I really want to convey about why I want to be convener. Um, the first being I love planning meetings. Um, it's been said of me that if I wasn't a physician, I would have either been a travel agent or an event planner. Because you love, I just you, love you, you love planning these things? What's wrong with I you? I do. I really do. It's really quite interesting. But um, I love the details that go on in it. And I was on the AFP Scientific Assembly Committee for four years, and we planned the annual Scientific Assembly, and then the joint meeting that we had in Orlando with Wonka. And I just enjoyed so much being a part of that, even in a state and local chapter meetings. And and I just would be so excited to be a part of the, the conference that I see as my most favorite conference. It would just really be wonderful. Um, the second thing is, and this sounds even more geeky, is that I really love parliamentary procedure. I mean, I remember... Wow. Yeah, I remember being, last year I was a parliamentarian at NCSE, watching how things progressed, and it was really a beautiful thing to witness. I remember even tweeting that, you know, that 
that seeing resolutions come to fruition and then for everyone to come together to discuss and vote, um, it was truly a beautiful thing. And uh, I've even got, you know, the parliamentary procedure handbook downloaded on my iPad, and it's a new edition, just came out in April, even though I have the old editions in hardback. And um, it's just something that, as a vice speaker for my state, I really look forward to being able to do more of. And lastly, I really see it as an opportunity to give back. I think over the years, I've really been blessed to meet other physicians um, who have mentored me and shown me how family medicine could really be create. You know, you can craft family medicine to be the career that you really want it to be. And I can think of so many people, and we just, you know, just mention them just by first name, like Viviana or um, Chris or Jay or Jack. Ashok, Angelo, um, Mike, even you, you know, just so many different people who have been a part of of the whole process that has changed the way I practice medicine. And I would love to have that opportunity to grow um, in my own leadership skills, to encourage others and mentor others so that they in turn can feel the passion and fire that are integral to NCSC. Well, I'm like getting excited right now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I remember the, the, one of the first times that I met you. I mean, it was it was at this meeting, and uh, you know, we just started chatting, and uh, yeah. uh, it was just uh, it didn't feel like it was that many years ago, but I think it really was. Um, and uh, just finding a way around, and you know, trying to figure out how to get a resolution passed, or try to figure out you know who to elect, or or who to develop, or who to push on and and who would need a little bit of a nudge to you know do whatever uh, uh but yeah i agree with you i mean it's just, just been a, an exciting uh, exciting process the only thing is that you know when i was convener um you know they didn't they didn't run the business session which was fine with me because <laughs> i don't know how good i am with that stuff as far as parliamentary procedure and things and um that's, that's definitely a, a new a new aspect uh, to the convener job description uh and uh that that'd be interesting to see again this year Oh, it's very exciting to me. I think it's great that the convener has the opportunity because we need more people to actually be involved in parliamentary procedure. Even in our annual state meeting, I'm finding that people don't really understand the, the way parliamentary procedure works. And each year we're having to relearn and retrain other physicians who are new to learn about it. But that's the beauty of, of having these meetings, of having NCSC, of having our annual Congress of Delegates, or even our state chapter meetings, is that we're able to do that and bring physicians into advocacy, which is where we need them to be. Right now, family medicine needs more family physicians to be involved in advocacy. We need to be at the forefront of healthcare in this country. And without that, you know, it's, it's really going to be sad to see what will happen in the future. Okay, great. Well, so we'll kind of have to leave things there. But uh, but Kim, you thank you so much for for coming on the show. I, I uh, Thanks so uh, much, especially for for this uh, unique uh, you know opportunity. Um, and uh, you know I I'm really hoping, uh, as you know, and as I've told everybody that will listen, you know that that I really think that uh, social media will will add a, a a new angle to this meeting, and uh, it, it gives me kind of a a a, a renewal, a resurgence, uh, an excitement again that. Um, um, I didn't have when I started going to NCSC, and um, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm very uh, looking forward to you know getting everybody involved or getting as many people involved with social media to help share this experience, share this meeting with 
with everybody who couldn't physically be there, and that's one of the things that uh, I'm looking forward to. But I want to thank you again for coming on. Uh, it's, it's, it's always great to talk to you. Good talking to you too, Mike. Thanks so much for having me. All right, we're back live, and uh, thanks uh, again to uh, Kim Yu for uh, coming on the show and uh, sharing some thoughts um, about uh, what's it like being a solo family doc. That is uh, unfortunately becoming more and more rare uh, these days, and uh, she talked about um, you know her love of the NCSC meeting and her love of parliamentary procedure and planning meetings that are definitely on the job description of the uh, current uh, NCSC convener, conference chair. Uh, so thanks again to to both Ryan Coffin and Ken Kibbe for coming uh, on the show and uh, sharing some thoughts. And uh, uh, they're going to do it for real tomorrow um, as far as a speech, five-minute speech, and a formal question and answer session. I would uh, presume and assume that it is uh, moderated by this year's conference convener, Dr. Jay Lee, who was on the show earlier this week. And uh, I will be out there tweeting along and Facebooking and uh, letting people know um, about uh, what is going on. So I'm going to take a quick break here, and uh, then I'm going to give you an exclusive look at my family medicine and social media uh, presentation. This will be a quick little break here. Again, this is music from Revolve. We'll be playing here tomorrow night here at the NCSC meeting. You can find them at uh, revolveband.com. This is a quick one-minute little snippet. We'll be right back after this quick break. media, 
Um, it happens in my office every single day, which I think is good because they're bringing me information so we can talk about it and not assuming that the information that they're reading is the correct information. And I agree with all, a lot of people who have said that uh, physicians, especially family physicians, have a, an obligation to be on social media because uh, there's a lot of bad information out there. And uh, I think you know, it is our duty to try to clear up some of that and to tell what the real truth is. Um, I've seen this week on the Kevin MD blog, there is a, a physician uh, there who no longer sees patients, but he's a physician there and who makes his uh, living uh, doing social media. And he says that doctors uh, should not be on social media because there is no return on investment. It takes too much time, and that's why physicians shouldn't do that. And I disagree with that, respectfully disagree with that. Um, but, uh, you know, he's not the only one that's talking about that or writing about that, and it's difficult to make the case for uh, physicians, especially family physicians, because, yes, it does take a lot of time. But, you know, people get a lot of benefit out of it, I, and I'm going to be talking about that during my, uh, during my presentation today um, about uh, social media. One of the, uh, the big things that uh, I'm going to be talking about, you know, is, is kind of really my push for more family medicine, uh, media training, traditional media training, you know, I think you know, physicians, family physicians should get out there and be advocates for our patients in the press, um, in the traditional media, whether it's print media or radio or television or on the Internet, on, on any of those. Um, I know at this specific meeting, um, at the annual leadership forum, the ALF meeting, they do have some, uh, you know, traditional media experts that, that come and talk to physicians. I think that's great. Uh, but I think the next step of that will be family physicians themselves conducting some of these sessions, especially maybe some panel discussions. You know, I know a lot of physicians, especially physician leaders who have talked to the press. They have given interviews to newspapers. They have given interviews on the radio. They have given interviews on television. And I think that they have a lot to share with, you know, our colleagues, um, you know, people who are in a very similar or same type of you know, uh, professional situation being family docs. And uh, I really think that, uh, you know, uh, physicians need that training. I think that, you know, uh, uh, medical students and, and resident physicians, you know, um, should require, you know, having some kind of media training because they are leaders um, in their community, whether they know it or not. You know, people look up to them. They are role models in their community, so they should learn how to utilize the media to educate the public um, on whatever they would like, whether it's clinical issues or legislative issues or issues in the community. Um, I really think that, uh, you know, physicians need that type of, you know, media training. Um, and, again, you know, I'm going to say, you know, here on the show, and I'm going to say in my presentation uh, later today that I applaud the steps that the American Academy of Family Physicians has done in the area of social media. Um, I am pleasantly surprised by the progress that has been made in just, you know, a couple of years. I really think that uh, social media, um, where it really kind of started and started gaining momentum, was at this NCSC meeting um, a couple of years ago. You know, I was here and Jay Lee was here, who's a convener this year. Some other people were here. Um, just a few people, you know, using Twitter, using Facebook, 
But in these past 24 months, um, we have really seen, um, you know, a blossoming, you know, of social media used by the family medicine community, by the family medicine advocacy community. You can see that um, on uh, Twitter with the hashtag FMRevolution. Um, and you can see that, you know, it's gaining more momentum. I see other specialties trying to, you know, create their own type of, you know, Twitter um, community. Um, and I think uh, family medicine um, is leaps and bounds um, um, uh, ahead of them. You know, another thing that I would love to see the, the academy and family medicine take a leadership point on is, is to develop some kind of social media toolkit for our members, uh, to develop some kind of framework social media policy, you know, for, you know, our members, for clinics, for offices, for hospitals, for anybody else, you know, who need that type of guidance. I'm going to talk today that, you know, the American Medical Association does have some guidelines. They're very vague. They're very, you know, nonspecific. Um, and on the positive front, you know, the my uh, – my state uh, chapter of the American Medical Association, the Ohio State Medical Association, has a pretty good um, set of guidelines, rules of the road um, for medical professionals, um, medical providers. Um, you can check that out at osma.org, and uh, those are pretty good. Uh, so those are just a, a few of the things that I'm going to be talking about, you know, during my presentation this afternoon, you know, because you know people get upset. You know, this is a broken healthcare system. People get frustrated. Um, people want to do better. Um, people get angry. People get frustrated. People get mad. But there has to be a way, there must be a way to turn that emotion into action. That's what my talk is going to be about. That's what this week is going to be about here at the NCSE meeting here in Kansas City. So that's kind of a little bit of a snippet there. You know, um, I do have wild and crazy goals for this meeting. I brought my video camera here, um, and I hope to do some uh, interviews with family docs or my friends and buddies and, you know, trying to uh, get the word out, trying to get them some, um, you know, their media training with me <laughs> on uh, how to do some of this stuff. Uh, uh, you know, some of them are pretty geeky, and uh, that's probably going to be the uh, uh, the people I'm going to be reaching out to Uh to just show, you know, to just show how, you know, social media can be used at a meeting to not only um, uh, not only tell the story of what happens here, but to um, have that story available for people who are at home, who cannot come to the meeting for one reason or another, that they're in their office, they're working hard, uh, they're seeing patients, you know, they're, they're busy with their families. They could not take the time away to come to this meeting. want to be able to share the meeting with them in some capacity and have them have some engagement with the family medicine community, have some engagement with uh, the American Academy of Family Physicians. So that's kind of my wild and crazy goal uh, in the next uh, three or four days. Um, and this is really bad because I'm starting to feel my voice crack a little bit here. <laughs> So maybe I should not talk for the rest of the day until my presentation. <laughs> I should get a lot of water or something like that. Um, but uh, I want to thank everybody uh, for for listening to the show here uh, live. Um, I know I've gotten a lot of retweets um, in my Twitter stream of people uh, retweeting the show and broadcasting uh, the show. And, and uh, thank you so much for that. But even if you've downloaded it afterward, 
listening yet, especially on Wednesday night to listen to the candidates, you know, before, you know, the official uh, election uh, and uh, candidate process on Thursday. Thank you so much uh, for that. But I'm really looking forward to it. I, um, I'm seeing some uh, um, some of my friends on Twitter uh, saying that they're on their way to the NCSC 12 meeting here in Kansas City. It's going to be great to uh, meet up with them. It's going to be great to, you know, uh, uh, dialogue with them. Uh, you can feel the energy building here at the Crown Center here in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, you know, we just, you know, we have the same goal every year, <laughs> and it is to change the world. So uh, that's why uh, we're all here, and we're going to have a good time doing it. And as we always do, you know, we work hard, and we're going to play hard here. So it's going to be a good time. Um, and I'm looking forward to Revolve being here tomorrow night, uh, playing at the meeting. Uh, our good buddy, uh, uh, Ray Sapatelli uh, and friends are going to be uh, playing uh, and uh, rocking it out. Uh, here at the uh, NCSC tw- 12 meeting, I'm going to be uh, ending with a uh, a song uh, from them, and uh, I will close things up here uh, for the meeting. So follow us on Twitter at NCSC 12, uh, which is uh, I guess kind of an unofficial uh, hashtag for the meeting. The official hashtag is AAFPNCSC and AAFPALF are the official hashtags. Uh, I guess I messed up there, but. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm still going to use uh, NCSC 12. So my name is uh, Mike Savella. Hey, check out my uh, digital library of stuff um, at uh, FindMedicineRocks.com. There will be blog posts. Um, I'll probably be doing some blog posts, updating the meeting. Um, you'll also see archives of this audio podcast and past shows and also videos um, that uh, I've recorded there. So uh, check those out. And you can get more information about this meeting at aafp.com. Org, and uh, I think that's it. That's it. So uh, thanks so much. Thanks so much for this. You know this this great run of shows here in the past uh, ten days. Uh, thanks everybody for listening to the show, for downloading the show. I know you're out there. Uh, the numbers, you know, are just have not been better um, uh, in the past. Uh, you know, few weeks. So uh, thank you so much for that. I very much appreciate it. I know that you know that uh, social media is important. Um, and we're going to have a good time this afternoon here. So pay attention to Twitter because uh, hopefully my friends will be uh, tweeting out my uh, presentation here at the NCSC 12 meeting. So I'm going to play this uh, song here, and uh, thank you so much uh, for joining me here. My name is Mike Savella. Go to FamilyMedicineRocks.com and uh, check out more about me. Follow me on Twitter at DRMikeSavilla. And uh, like like the Facebook page for this show. It's uh, Facebook.com slash Sam Med rocks, and uh, we will talk to you all out there on the internet, especially out there on Twitter. Uh, goodbye and have a good day. Signing off from the NCSC 12 meeting here in Kansas City, Missouri, at Crown Center. Have a good day, everybody. <laughs>
You are. 